time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back, Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We have co-host Bryant Falconer in the studio. How you doing tonight, Bryant? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Awesome, man. You have a good week? Hey, had a great week. Had a great week, for real. Awesome, man. Mine's been up and down, but you know what? We're rolling into the weekend, and yes, everything sir. is looking good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, today on the show, we got special guest, Leanna Fuente. Yeah. Dude, great interview. It, it's it's a must. I mean, it was one of the one of my most enjoyable interviews I've done. Okay, okay. I enjoyed uh, her story of her family and what mm. she's doing. And anyway, just a great family. Yeah, knowledge, man. Knowledge. Yeah, lots of knowledge, lots of family history, just rich. <laughs> and as always, we'll have our pick six. Yes. And then uh, you got yours ready? Oh, yes. Most okay. definitely. Just checking most on you. Most definitely. Uh, and then uh, tonight, we'll also be giving our favorite bourbon pairings. Mm. We're doing something a little different this tonight. We got <laughs> Bryant smoking a mystery stick. Yes, I am. So let's just jump right in. What are you smoking over there? What's the name of it? But what are you smoking over there? I am smoking something that in the first to the second third is a light okay. to medium. Okay. Uh, woodsy at first. Then I can't describe the nut that I was tasting. <laughs> it was it was some nut, and now I'm getting a light pepper. But I'm starting the second third of it. It's 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 a light stick, but it's it's good right now. Is it? Really it how's is. the burn on it? Yeah, look at it, man. Oh, dude, nice. That is that's damn near perfect. Nice. <laughs> and I and I'm smoking a cigar that's probably, you know what? It had a shot. At being my number one cigar in 2019. Oh, okay. And the only reason it didn't even make my top 10 <laughs> is is because the owner was a dick. <laughs> hey, you know me. I ain't going to pull yeah, no punches. None whatsoever. You know what none cigar whatsoever. I'm talking about? I think I do. <laughs> I am smoking the home by dissident. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And this cigar was gifted to me. Hey, now you're getting gifted. I know, I see, right? See, hey, see? see? <laughs> so this is a very, and you know what? I feel honored Okay. because the person who gifted this yeah. to me, this is the only one they had. Okay. Ooh. And he's been saving it since I had mine back in July. Wow. So it's a very, that's very, special. that's yeah. honor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is. I'm very honored. So Jay... Down at the leaf. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Brother of the leaf through and through. <laughs> through and through, man. But yeah, dude. Have you smoked one of these? No, I haven't. I'd let you have a drag, but I'm not gonna like <laughs> I'm good because he gave me some uh four roses special a uh, small batch special. He didn't give you a home. Yes, no, he didn't, but he gave me some. Let something. me tell you something. This four roses this though. This cigar right here. <sighs> if the owner wasn't a dick, <laughs> he said it made it. This could have been like a top one, <laughs> top two, top three. He said it'd been in the, the top year. three I hear you. of the I hear you. year. I hear you. But unfortunately, you know, good cigars don't always come from good people. Hey. And if it sounds like I'm being rough on this guy. You are. I am. <laughs> you are. Anyway. You're just being you. That's yeah. all it is. So anyway, man, <clears throat> if you haven't had an opportunity to smoke one of these, I highly recommend it. 
I'm not going to go into it, but anyway, I have mixed feelings about it. You know what I mean? It's such a great cigar. I mean, fantastic. Hey, so we talked about what we're smoking tonight. Let's talk about McAuliffe for a minute. Oh, most definitely. So, you know, they did the price increase of yeah, 5%. 5%. And they didn't touch all the cigars in the line, though. Mm-hmm. So we still have the 4 to 42. That's correct. And I'm going to tell you, from 4 to 42, and they cover the entire palette spectrum. Tell the truth. I mean... No matter what mood I am in, I can pick a cigar. <laughs> that, that's definitely true. I, I, I was uh, amazed at how they went back to the old label on the Torsadors. They uh, Leaf got them in yesterday, and they pulled it around. I was like, wow, that's the old label. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I just hats off to McAuliffe, man, because they, they take care of us. Top to bottom. They take care of us. And, you know, it starts with Mr. McAuliffe. Yes, sir. Al does a great job. Yes, He's put in some great people that's going to help grow his business, mm-hmm. and they're just like genuine people. Oh yeah, he has a passion for it, and he he has people around him that have this, that share that same passion. Well, I mean, to me, it goes without saying that he knows good cigars, mm-hmm. but he also knows good people. Yeah. So he's done a great job of assembling a team to help McAuliffe grow, and I mean, as a as a cigar enthusiast that loves their line i love seeing what they're doing tell the truth it's it's a great story it's a the company is evolving i love right before our eyes i love being able to take that walk with them too exactly yeah yeah i love that it's it's not like hey wow wow look at what they did it's (laughs) like wow we're actually on the journey with them yes so hats off to you guys over at mccallif we're thankful to have you as a sponsor and so puff puff enjoy enjoy and uh, let's talk about our pick six this week. Most definitely. So you want to go first? You want me to? I'll go first. All right. I'll let you. My number one was. I thought you were ready. It, I am ready. My number one was a McAuliffe Gomez Sanchez laying the number two. Nice. Very nice. A gift. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> a gift. So, but go ahead, go ahead. I truly appreciate the stick, it, it doesn't have a backstory like you and Ohm, mm-hmm. but it has a great backstory because the person told me they were going to give me this and uh, they held on to it for a minute, not as long as yours, but they did and they, they gifted it to me, man. I truly appreciate it. I took it when I got some news from my daughter and it was it was congratulatory to me because the news was great from her. So is your daughter going to Cuba? Yeah, she's nice. going to Guantanamo, man. She's nice. coming back from uh, Kuwait. Kuwait and she's going to Guantanamo. So I, I, I really feel good about that. And I said, let me smoke this so how long is she gonna be there two years wow that's not bad it's up to her okay cool man so what's your number two it's a 601 la bamba flashbang gordo oh nice oh it's the gordo wow and that thing was bad they had a little little rat tail on look like a stem i was like you look at this and that's a six by six yes sir it exploded too bro it's a flashbang for real man i loved it how long did you smoke that cigar it took me an hour I'm surprised. It took me an hour. I figured it'd yeah. be longer than that. No, it took me an hour because I was sitting there at the Leaf talking with uh, Larry and, and Jay. And uh, I just, they were talking. Let me rephrase that. They were talking and okay. I was enjoying you it. Puffing, yeah. Most definitely, man. Okay. It was a favor flash bang. And man. I'll tell you what's been nice is the whole Espinosa oh, journey yes. that we've been yes. on the last few weeks. Yes. Ever yes. since Big Tony came by, Ooh. I've been smoking some Espinosa. You're not the only one. Yeah. Bro. I've been very one. impressed with them. Yes, sir. And then my third was Alec Bradley Prinsado. Oh, really? Yes. Now, see, that surprises me. 
Now, which one did you get? What size did you get? The, uh, uh, oh, God. What was, was that? Was that the uh, Robusto? Yeah, it was the Robusto. Yeah, I had to think say, about it. That's what they have at yeah, the Leaf. Yeah, at the Leaf, because that's where I got it from was the Leaf. I even put that one on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, Instagram, man. I that's had a good to put stick. That, yes. I haven't had one in a long Dude, time. Dude, I sat there and enjoyed that stick, man. You know, I believe that's the one that was like, 2014 cigar of the year mm-hmm. it might not have been 2014 but i'm pretty sure somewhere in that neighborhood, neighborhood. Okay. yeah it, it, it was worth it it put a it, should... it put a bind on alec bradley because they weren't ready for that <laughs> success at one time and sometimes we step out there like yeah that. Hey. and i think they're just now recovering yeah but that's a great stick and that was my three this week this is a good stick yeah. so the first one I had this week that was a surprise for me was the H. Upman mm. Nicaragua, which was blended by A.J. Fernandez. You and H. Upman? I know, right? <laughs> Man, if I walk out in the snow on the ground, I understand why. Hey, for real? Great stick. Wow. Great wow. stick. And it was gifted to me. Here we go. It was gifted to me. <laughs> Come on, get on this train, bro. So, hey, so then my second cigar of this week was the Herman's Batch. Mm. I Do you know what that, that is? No. That's also an H. Upman. Huh. Herman is the H. Education. Yeah, boom. Education. Right? Education. Boom. <laughs> so Education. this cigar was made in uh, celebration of the actual founder. Okay. And uh, it's a Dominican Republic. It's Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Uh, it's a Dominican uh, binder and also a Dominican and Nicaraguan mix from uh, Esteli uh, for the uh, filler. But anyway, that was also gifted to me. Mm. Uh, you trying to get? You taking all my mm. gifts, man? Come on now. Well, and you know, and then <laughs> my third stick of the week is the one I'm smoking now. I hear you. Which is the home? No. Which is also a gifted. gifted. To me. <laughs> I've never had three gifts in one week. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's my top three. So I just wanted to say yeah, thank it, you. Here's that competitiveness. So Eddie, Eddie, I want to say thank you, Eddie. Uh, I hear you. Do you know Eddie? No, I don't. He is the uh, rep for Altadas. Okay. Well, he was just there. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. You see how it is? Yeah, I, I do see how it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, I think Shuby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that was our pick six. Hope yes. you enjoyed those highly recommended cigars. Yes, I enjoyed all yes. those. And uh, also, I just want to throw in, it, it wasn't in my top three this week, okay. just because I've had it so many times, <laughs> but that? I wanted to throw in a number four. Okay. The McAuliffe. Connecticut. Okay. Dude, okay. I've been tearing that stick up that's all a good stick, man. week that's with a good some stick. coffee. Yeah, that's a good so, stick. So if you haven't tried the McAuliffe Connecticut and you're not really a big Connecticut guy, mm-hmm. try it because it's not your grandfather's it's Connecticut. Connecticut. You I know what I mean? You, I it's got some kick to it. It's got <laughs> some flavor to it. Uh, I was talking to a guy in the humidor up at the Leaf earlier today, and he was looking at uh, the Camachos, uh-huh. and he, for a second, he had two cigars in his hand. I couldn't tell what they were, but they were like definitely Connecticut. Okay. And he picked up the Camacho Triple Maduro, mm-hmm. and then he put that one back, and he picked up the Camacho Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. And I said, hey, man, I don't mean to be nosy, but... You're picking up two way apart from the spectrum. <laughs> the triple Maduro yeah, to and Connecticut. The Connecticut. I was like, you I said, Are you new smoker? And he was like, Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. And I said, Well, I'm just gonna let you know I wouldn't jump on that triple Maduro yeah, at this time. I said, yeah. 
you know what, stick to the mediums or the lights mm-hmm. as before you jump up to the full yes. blown. And so he ended up getting a McAuliffe, Connecticut. That's one of the reasons it made me okay. think of that. And then he also got the Camacho, Connecticut. Okay. And I was like, those are good sticks to graduate up yeah, to the mediums yeah. if you keep smoking those. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you don't want to jump to a triple no, zero Camacho. No, sir. No, sir. It's like, dude, you better, you better be ready to sit down. So it's a different guy because it was another guy that was in there. I guess he came in before you got there and he was new to smoking it. He came in looking over at the Fuentes and everything. I was like, uh, you knew smoke. He's like, yeah, he said, I just really want to try. I said, well, hold up. <laughs> you may want to walk into the humidor and then take a look. And Jay was in. I said, ask Jay and let him know. So he came out with a McCall of Connecticut. Oh, good. But that was the only one he had. So yeah. it's two different guys. Yeah. Okay. This was a real big guy. Yeah. Oh no, this was a uh, younger guy and he was small. No, this guy was like our age. Oh yeah, no. Two different guys. But hey, two new smokers. Hey, exactly, man. <laughs> Coming up next, we have Liana Fuentes interview and then when we come back, we're going to do the giveaway. Then we're going to name our favorite bourbon pairings. Mm. And then we'll find out how this mystery stick's yeah. going for uh, Big Boy over yes, here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We'll be right back with Liana Fuente. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. Thanks for hanging through the break. As promised, we have the special guest that I've been talking about for several weeks now. We have Liana Fuente from Fuente Cigars, and we're just so happy to have you here. How are you doing, Liana? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty excited. This is my first interview of 2020. So All right. Hey, well, 2020 is going to be a good year. Yes, it is. I've been doing a little research about your background, but I'd like to find out what was it like growing up in the Fuente family, you know, when you were in your five, six, seven-year-old stage and growing up in that environment? I mean, I know it was rich with history, but how was it as a child for you? Growing up, it was, well, I don't know if you all know, but our family's pretty big. So it's eight cousins in total. So growing up was never a dull moment. Like our house was always full of laughter and fun. I mean, every weekend, my grandfather would call us to make sure we were there, had all the kids over, and would barbecue, it was pool parties. It was, I mean, it was like any other kid, really, it, but just we're always surrounded by cigars. I mean, I guess that would be the only difference. Well, that'd be a big difference. Yeah. That'd be a fun difference for sure. At what point in time, I read that you like used to sneak puffs of cigars when people weren't looking. At, well, about what age did you start doing that? You know, my grandfather, I remember looking at my grandfather and my dad, and they would have this, I mean, I can still see my grandfather today sitting in front of me. He had like this romantic stare into the cigar, and he would look at it. It was almost like a um, silent interaction that he would have with his cigars, and I always admired that. So whenever he put that cigar down or went somewhere, I always would take a puff not just me me and my cousins we always like try to you know because we wanted to see what what was going on it was like almost like it was um mesmerizing i guess you could say and then i can't remember how old i was exactly but i remember i was young to see your grandfather smoke in that way i mean you could definitely tell it was something special for him because it was almost like a meditation between him and the cigar oh absolutely Five o'clock will come, and after work, he'd always sit down, pour himself a glass of Chevis, and he'd sit back and smoke a cigar. And then we would always recap the day, whatever it was. I mean, how was school? How was work? I mean, what happened in the office as I got older? It was always a conversation over a cigar. And then it's kind of weird because I guess it isn't normal for everybody, but it was part of our normal. Um, I hate that word normal. Right. Know, it's so relative to, you know, everybody's normal is different. But it, it was normal for us. I mean, it would... 
cigars are really what brought the family together. Good times, bad times, it was always around, and um, it's pretty much a part of our culture. What a rich culture to grow up in. I read part of the article that said that you... You know, you you sneaked a few puffs here and there, but to really enjoy your first cigar that your dad gave you was a trip to oh. New Orleans. And so tell us about what you got to smoke for your very first cigar. My first trip, I think, was like RTDA, and um, it was in New Orleans right before the hurricane hit, I believe, or a little, probably a little earlier than that. And we're sitting there, and we're in the car, and my dad, you know, was with us. Um, my Uncle Wayne was with us. We're all in the car. And I was, you know, I just started working in the company officially. So it was just a different experience. And long story short, I said, Papa, no, no, I wasn't working. I was before that. I was like, I was super, maybe 16, 17, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I was a lot younger, but I, you know, I wanted to be like the cool kids, right? So I said, Papa, let me smoke a, let me smoke a cigar. And he's like, no, no, no. I said, come on, Papa, let me smoke a cigar. He pulled out this long, skinny cigar from the front pocket. My dad always has his cigars in his pocket, but they're not in cello. He always lets them breathe. But I learned that later on, what I was smoking was a forbidden X. Oh, know. wow. So I started puffing the cigar. I started getting maybe like a third into it. I felt like I'm not, it's like flashbacks. These little beads of sweat were like pouring down my head. I felt so nauseous, but I was so prideful because I did not want my dad to know that I was feeling ill. So, I told him that I had my purse in the hotel that I had forgotten and got back. When I got back to the hotel room, I laid down, the room was spinning. <laughs> to this day, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever touched Forbidden X again. Really? Yeah. Well, I got to say, yes. I, that's one of my favorite cigars from your line. So I, I, when I saw that that was your first cigar, I was like, wow, starting out with one of the best. It's hard to go back to anything other than that once you start with the best. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, but I don't think I was ready for that ride. It's like jumping on a wild horse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, but I bet you if I try it now, it'd be a whole different story. I remember my dad looking at me, I swear, through the rearview mirror, just laughing. And um, just a little smirk, and I'm like, he totally set me up, and I fell for it. Yeah, exactly. My father and I today have a great relationship. You know, it's so funny because now working with him, I've gotten a complete different um you know, growing up, it's like you want dad, you know, dad always worked really hard to be able to give us all the opportunities. Like we grew up from very humble beginnings and my dad strived to make sure that we had all the opportunities in the world that he didn't have. And um, he made sure that whatever we want to do, we were able to do. And now growing up, I realized that he made so many sacrifices for us and I admire him so much now. As a child, you don't see that because, you know, dad's, you know, working. But right. now I know why he works so hard. And it's not just for us. The kids, for, he does it for the kids in the foundation. He does it for all our, our coworkers, everybody that works with us. I mean, if anything happens, it's all on him. And he works so hard to keep it going and sustain the family dream, which is, you know, making the cigars the best in, in the world. He's accomplished that because when you think of cigars and you think of the best, Fuente is right there. So, I mean, what an accomplishment for your entire family. You know, and I, to be completely honest with, it was so hard losing my grandparents. And a lot of people said, you know, Calito's over, the family's over. But Growing up, my grandfather instilled to the next generation that there is going to be a next generation. And my dad has even pushed the benchmark even another layer, another height, because, you know, all the money that he reinvested in the company, we completely redid the factory in the Dominican Republic. We took over the buildings to the left and right of us. We just broke ground last year on a new box factory. We just opened it last week oh, wow. for our national sales meeting. I mean, the things that my father and the whole family and the team, like, is doing to make sure that this continues bigger and better, not so much bigger because my dad doesn't want to make 
you know, our farm, you know, we hear this all the time with Opus X, we want more Opus, one more Opus. Unfortunately, our farm is just as big as it gets. We can't make more, grow more cigars right. because that's what it is. And my grandfather always taught me, Liana, you know, you only have one piece of loaf. How thin do you want to cut it? You know, you want people to be happy with their slice that they get. So it's really, really hard. But what we can do and focus on is making better cigars, keeping quality up and breakage down. And that's what we try to do is focus. That way, at the end, we get make sure we get the best amount and highest quality cigars coming out of that factory. At what point did you decide that you were going to work in the family business? Did you? I mean, was that right out the gate or did you think maybe you were going to try something else? I did. Growing up, I pretty much did everything. I mean, I started working. I was 14 years old. My mom was a hairdresser and I was would work uh, every summer, you know, sweeping up the hair and to make a couple dollars washing people's hair. So I've always worked. So I was like, maybe I could be a beautician. And then I got, I loved law. So I wanted to do international business. I mean, I worked from retail to merchandising to restaurants. I mean, working at the radio station, doing promotions. I did so many different things. And I wanted to also bring stuff to the table. So when I was like 23, 24, I looked at my dad. Actually, my grandfather was like, I want to work for the company. And like, you can't work for the company. You got to figure <laughs> out what you want to do. You know, you don't come, get experience. I'm like, I have experience. You know what they made me do? They made me apply for the job. Really? And I did. I applied for the job. There was three other people sitting in the office too. Karen Smith is um, the brains. In a sense, she, she's our in-house president, but she's also in-house counsel. She's so smart, Harvard and Yale graduate. She interviewed me and I was so intimidated, but I got the job. Awesome. I got the job. They offered me the job on my birthday and I have the letter. You still have the letter. Nice. Absolutely. I still do. So what was your first position with the company? My first position was pretty much an apprentice, I would say. I didn't have a, we didn't, I didn't have a title forever. I was pretty much shadowing my grandfather for the first several years. You have two jobs. If you don't see the smoke coming out of my cigar, you're too far. And if you don't smell my aftershave, you're <laughs> That's so great. So everything he did from he made me work on the farm, he made me roll cigars, he made me do everything he did. I traveled with him for the first several years every week. So we would leave on Monday, come back on Friday because my grandmother was living in Tampa. So we would leave every week to the Dominican and come back every weekend. And honestly, that was probably the most beautiful experience I had because I had my grandfather all to myself. And I was able to see through his eyes how he ran the company. Oh, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. At what point did you like take over or I guess not take over because it didn't exist? When did you start Fuente into the social media realm? It was kind of like organic, I guess you could say, because the more social media was becoming prevalent. First, it was like before Facebook, it was just college and then it was like MySpace and then Facebook started really blowing up and we didn't have we didn't have a social media presence at all. Much less let's talk about online, a website. And I would tell dad we have to do anything. He goes, You know what? He'd always gave me my dad always gave me the rope of saying, Leon, I'm gonna give you a rope. You have two things. You can either make a lasso or hang yourself with it. And honestly, I know that sounds so tough, but it allowed me to be myself and take risk. And I knew that no matter what my dad would support me. And if he didn't support me, at least I learned from it. And that's always been the the idea between my father and I, as well as my grandfather. It's always like, look, you can do whatever you want, but do it. Well, give me a reason why. Tell me how you're going to do it or don't just do it and show me what happens afterwards. And he's let us, he let me really 
lead my own way in that aspect. And so he's like, I don't know what a website, I don't know how to do that, but go ahead and do it. You know, social media, I don't like social media, but whatever. Now I can't get my dad off social media. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, if you think about the cigar industry and at the time that you were bringing, you know, cigars into the 21st century, so to speak, I mean, it's a very traditional business. And so, I mean, the internet was a completely 180 from what the traditionalist had ever experienced with cigars. It's true. It's very, very true. And even now publications that traditionally, you know, magazines are now featured online. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's like almost a lot lost art. No one wants to have paper anymore. But, you know, everything is fast and convenient nowadays. But you know what we still love and we want to keep is the boxes and the cigar bands. We don't want that to go anywhere. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine with 58 passes what's going to happen. It's going to destroy this whole industry. Yeah, you know, they uh, passed that, I believe, up in Canada already. And so, I mean, to me, it's just a tragedy because of all the artwork and craftsmanship that goes into all the presentation for cigars. It's true. And let me tell you, my, when Opus X first came out, it, most boxes came in plain plywood boxes. The art of creating these beautiful jewel boxes, I would say, because my dad always believed, you know, it's not just the band, it's not the cigars. It has to have the whole presentation. You can't have, you can't have a man in a three-piece suit with with flip flops or some ugly tore up shoes. <laughs> right. It has to be complete. It has to be a complete, a complete package. It's all about the presentation. And my father, as much as he loves Opus X, and he put so much time in that band, he did as well in the boxes. And it's going to be a lost art. And unfortunately, the way this world, they say we live in a free country, but I don't even know if that exists anymore. It's getting um, too controlling. And what's going to happen is more mom and pops are going to have to shut down because you're not going to be able to stay up with all the regulations that are being imposed. I'm with you on that. And we support Cigar Rights of America and the PCA uh, just because, you know, that's that's who has our voice when it comes to the legislative policies. And so we always want to support them. So bringing PCA up, uh, let's shift gears here. What's your guys plan for PCA this year? Well, just last week, um, my father, we sent out a press release that we will be at PCA and we're, we're going to be offering some very exclusive products that have never been in the market just for PCA. Oh, really? Yeah, we kind of dropped what it's going to be, but we don't want to show anything. If you want to see it, you, you have to be there. So we're hoping that other manufacturers take lead and offer this too, because, you know, I totally understand. I mean, to be completely honest with you, PCA, or before it was RTA and then IPCPR, a lot of these manufacturers off offered show specials before they got to the show. But what happened was it was so much more convenient not to even go to the show. Why am I, Why are we going to spend the money with hotels and everything if I can just get the show deal before and I can save the company a lot of money? Well, little by little, less people started coming, less people started coming because more manufacturers were offering these deals, especially these big corporations were offering them beforehand. And you don't want to lose that part of the share either. Well, now we've come to a point today where we really need to support PCA because it's a fight against FDA. This is how we get the money and this is how we have to do. And so my family completely is behind it 100%. We're offering some very exclusive cigars just to be sold at the show. So if you are a consumer and you need to ask if you want to get these products, you have to go ask your brick and mortar to make sure that they are there to get these exclusives. It's going to be one time. Believe me, I was in the Dominican looking at this and my dad wouldn't even let me take the cigars off the floor. He's like, this is not for you. <laughs> I'm jealous. You're like, you can't spare one. Yeah, killing me. I think that the landscape of the PCA is going to look much different this year. But as we said on the show last week, I just think that with change comes much opportunity. 
I do too. You know, I think where somebody might leave the PCA, that opens the door up for some other people to come into the PCA that maybe weren't in that space before, just because now they don't have to compete against those big four companies. I think, honestly, you're exactly right. I think it's the way you look at it. If you look at the glass half empty, or if you look at the glass half full, it's the same glass. And there is going to be a lot more opportunity. And it's going to show exposure to the companies that are there for the fight, you know? And they're actually... Bring a lot of, I think a lot of smaller boutique cigars might be able to showcase there as well. And that's what's important, giving the small guys an opportunity to showcase what they have. Because let me tell you, I know what it's like to make cigars. I know what it's like to grow cigars. It's not easy. It's one cigar goes through thousands of hands. And for it to be perfect and for you to have that perfection, it's hard. And so everybody deserves a fair chance and a fair chance in the fight. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I wanted to ask you about your family's Fuente Foundation, and if you could tell us a little bit about that. I've read some about it, and you guys do some amazing work, and the amount of care, that, uh, how much do you actually care about the foundation, and not just you know the people that it serves, but the people that actually work in the foundation as well. The foundation is actually very, very special to us. Um, we actually have well, we have the CFCF, which is Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. That is, um, the school is actually on Chateau de la Fuente, right outside of it, actually. It's a long story. So let's start from the beginning. When a young man came to my dad in the Dominican, toward the Dominican, and he was in awe. He was um, from Europe, and he was writing a publication from there. And he said, um, you know, Carlito, I don't know what you did. This is amazing what you've done here, but... I got to tell you, you know, you're just assemble cigars. You're not a true cigar maker. My dad was destroyed. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're making cigars. You're buying tobacco and you make the cigars, but you're not a true manufacturer because you do not have a pure Dominican boodle. That broke my father's heart. With that, this Project X from Planet Nine came up and my dad's like, I'm going to grow a rapper. He failed and failed and failed until he finally did it. And that's when Opus X was born. Oh, wow. Yes, throughout this process of making sure that he was able to grow filler, no one in history, no one in history in Dominican Republic has ever made rapper before my father did. Really? Yes, it's because the soils are so, it's it's just such a hard climate to grow rapper in. With that being said, during that time in Bonal, that area was one of the poorest regions in all the Dominican Republic. It was like almost like the forgotten. And it was heartbreaking. They had no running water. They had no lights. Little kids would come up to my dad and to Eric Newman asking for a job because they needed money so they can eat. And my dad's like, I can't. We just Sorry. I have girls at home. I have kids at home. I can't. We don't do that. I don't do that. And so then all of a sudden, the people would come and say, we need to hire my children. And so my dad and Eric Newman did a little research, and there wasn't no schools till miles away. They literally would never have an opportunity to be anyone. And so with the idea, Eric and Bobby Newman and my father had the idea of, you know, we have to do something. And so with that idea, an elementary school started from that growing to uh, middle school. And then the nearest high school was miles away. So they realized if they didn't continue doing a high school, they wouldn't even have all the hard work that they we the family did to educate these kids will be gone by eighth grade. With that said, a high school was born. A few years later of trying to do the best we can, we became an example for United Nations, a sample school for United Nations. Um, all the kids have the highest marks in the whole country. Wow. They're speaking three languages, French, Spanish, and English. No um, kidding. There's basketball, there's baseball, there's agriculture, there's a music school, there's a dance school. I mean, there's a compu- there's now we just built a program for a technical school to teach like a college. After, if they don't want to go to a college, they can learn something, a trade. That's amazing. 
people from all the whole country want to go to the school, but they can't because it's only this is only to help the poor children of Bunau. And 100 percent of the money that's raised is done through Cigar Family, which is we sell toast packs every year. So one cigar from the Fuente family is donated as well as the Newmans donate a cigar. So 50, $50 is a toast pack. The whole $50 goes to the kids. And both families cover all the operational costs of the school. So every single dollar that's donated to this foundation goes directly to the kids. Oh, that's amazing. I know I read the article about the foundation, I guess, probably about four or five months ago. And it just made me respect the Fuente family so much because you guys opened up shop and created a very successful business. But you didn't just do that. You wanted to take care of the family's in and around the territory of where the factory is. And so hats off to you guys for doing an amazing job. It really that. takes a village because my dad always he goes, it wouldn't be right if we didn't. We had to do something. I mean, these kids will come. My dad would tell me, we have pictures. I was looking, matter of fact, we were looking at some pictures this week for our national sales meeting. Kids had like pot bellies because they're all full of parasites, no teeth. One kid, Emilio, poor thing, had brain cancer, brain cancer. And it was because he was bathing in the rivers. Where our our farm is, it's in a valley, right? On the other side of the mountain, they have a lot of mines. And these kids would take baths and all this water that could be polluted, causing him to have, not supposed to say that, but we all think it's because of taking a bath in these waters. Um, We were able to take him. He had a year to live. We were able to meet with St. Jude's, and now he just got diagnosed cancer-free, and it's been nine years. And if it wasn't for the school, we wouldn't be able to help these kids. They would be non-existent you know and it's just heartbreaking i love that story that you guys put back into the community because i think that is the essence of what the cigar community a lot of the cigar community is about is always helping others and so i really applaud you guys for taking the leadership role in that area thank you very much it's part of us i think somebody asked me you know what is it like being a fuente and i said well Part of it is, you know, obviously, it's a lot of different parts. Being family, being, you know, being part of this huge family of co-workers, family members, you know, everything. And then part of being Fuente is also the charity aspect. I mean, we have this foundation, but my dad and my grandfather built up a Fuente Family Foundation, which is just funded by the family. And what we do is that we want to do things to help Ybor City get better. So I'm very active in Boys and Girls Club. We're very active in Humane Society. I mean, we try to do as much as we can, not just in the Dominican, but also in the U.S., in our community here. So that's very, very important. Well, that's awesome, and we thank you for that. Uh, so let me ask you this. So you took Fuente into the social media realm. Uh, how did you develop a plan to do that? I mean, you really got off on the ground floor as far as social media is concerned because you were going all the way back to, like, MySpace and, you know, just the website. So now that we have Facebook and Instagram, I mean, how did you you develop a plan being fresh, you know, out of the gate with social media? I don't think media. when I first started, I, I just knew that we needed to do it. It wasn't so much of a plan. But then as it started to build and build and build, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of like we didn't have catalog. We didn't have imagery for the cigars. We didn't have any of that stuff. So I just kind of, my plan was fulfilling the need at, at that point. And then from there, it started to grow. And honestly, because of all the restrictions today, you know, social media is the easiest way to get to so many people at one time at a low relative cost. And, you know, there's only so much you can do, but honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. FDA tries to take it away. They already did. So we're just trying to utilize it and take advantage of it now as much as we can. 
I thought about that several times myself, you know, right now with Instagram and Facebook and, you know, some other social media outlets, you know, we have it pretty good as far as what we can do. We do have some restrictions, but I don't count on that being available, you know, say five years from now. Sure, you know, uh, the show Cigar Obsessions and YouTube actually took away his right to make money off of his videos on YouTube and he did cigar reviews. And so, I mean, everywhere you turn, they want to take away a little bit more of our rights as far as cigar uh, manufacturers, even in as far as being in the media. So, I mean, there's definitely obstacles that we're going to have to look for opportunities to overcome as well. And honestly, they're going to get worse every single day. Facebook already put the, you can't promote or purchased any type of promotion through social media. So they deny every request that I do. And you try to get around it. You try to not say the word cigar or different things like keywords. We try to omit, but it still denies you access to do that. So everything is sharing and sharing. Well, you know, they won't even let me advertise for the podcast just because cigar is in the name of the podcast cigar talk and it's funny because when i found out they wouldn't let me advertise i actually decided to do an ad on how to quit smoking cigarettes and then you know if you go to my webpage, i'll tell you how to quit smoking cigarettes is to start smoking cigars did that pass no it would they wouldn't let me even put that on there and i mean the title of it was how to quit smoking cigarettes it's because it's there's tobacco in that name. That's exactly what it is. So, I mean, I've tried every which way I could, and there's no way to get around it. You know, the funny thing is, though, the very first time I ran an ad, they ran it, and it was very successful. And then the second one I ran, they were like, nope, you're in tobacco business. And I was like, but I don't sell tobacco. But they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. It's very unfortunate because, I mean, Ybor City itself, this was at one point the cigar capital of the world. I mean, you go down the streets and, I mean, you had the Italians, you had the Cubans, you know, you had the Germans. And it's just everything is Spaniards. Everything has changed. And it's the culture that's that's dying. And ironically, the demand for cigars is, to me, even more. Everybody loves cigars. I mean, I go now to, you know, different retailers or different lounges and I see more women smoking cigars. I see it's just – and it's not kids that are smoking cigars. I mean, so it's just – I think the government is trying to take more and more control or get their money out of it. I'm I'm not anti-government. I believe that, you know, government with order is nice, but not too much. This is getting a little ridiculous to say. I don't like talking politics, but I think they're – I mean, I feel – my family left from Cuba for a reason. I feel like it's turning right around. Oh, you know, it's funny that you say that because I recently saw a video uh, with a woman who had fled Cuba, and she was talking about, you know – don't try to make America Cuba. Let us have our freedoms. That's the whole reason I came here. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And, you know, for someone who experienced that, we, we should definitely take note to what they have to say. And I don't usually get into much on politics either. That's not really my place. I'm just real big on the freedom of our rights. We have our rights. Let's not let them chip away our rights because that's what really is going on. And and what happened to having to respect the people's rights? That's another question. People don't have that either. Absolutely. I tell everyone I reserve my right to be offended. And what I mean by that is go ahead and offend me because I'm not going to like raise heck about you offending me. You know, if everyone has their freedom, someone's going to be offended and you should be honored exactly. to have that right. Exactly. 
So tell us about what you have coming up. You just came back from the uh, 2020 sales meeting. What what coming up that maybe we don't know about? Well, we have a lot of exciting things this year. Um, to be honest with you, be the first one to know. It's our we're having a lot of things with Añejo. This is our 25th year of OPSX and our 20 20th year celebrating the Añejo cigar. So we're going to come up with some fun, exciting things, and we're really excited. Going to be promoting both brands, and it's a big benchmark for us as far as the company. Well, I can't wait to see that. I like the uh, Hemingway, the short story. That's that's my go-to for the Fuentes. And that's exactly what I'm smoking right now. Hemingway well, short that's story. funny because that's exactly what I'm smoking right now. I thought I'd <laughs> smoke one since I was got talking great to you. taste, my friend. <laughs> How people can find uh, Fuente online, I'm sure they already know, but just in case they don't, where can they find you guys to find out information? Yeah, we don't sell direct to the consumer, um, but if you want to have any information on our cigars, arturofuente.com. And if you want to have a question for us, the contact us really goes to me. Contact me at arturofuente.com. Check us out on social media, Durofuente Cigars, um, both Facebook and Instagram, and also on Twitter. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, we're big fans, uh, not only of your cigars, but your family and the tradition and what you guys represent. And we just want to say thank you for that as well. And uh, we wish you the best for 2020. Thank you so much, Rob. I'll do the same for you. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Liana Fuente. It was a pleasure to have her on the show. We're thankful for her time. And so anyway, let's get to this week's giveaway. We're giving away a three-pack of Harmon Solomon cigars. And this week's winner is, hang on one second, Crystal Henson. That's Crystal. spelled H-I-N-S-O-N. Mm, okay. Tell them what the rules are. The rules are. You have till you have starting after your taping Monday till eighteen fifty nine. Eighteen hundred on Sunday eighteen hundred Monday. How can they be expected to know the rules when you've been doing this for weeks? I know the rules. It's just the time on Sunday that gets me seven or six. Seven or six. It is six o'clock. Eighteen hundred on Sunday. Central. You must Give us your information, the correct information, phone number and address so he can get the info, the uh, prize out to you. All also, right, hold up, hold up. See, you don't know the rules. I'm going to go over the rules. So the show comes out Monday. You have until the following Sunday to contact Rob Jones via email, via that website, which is Rob at CigarTalkPodcast.com. Too much. All I need is your address. I don't need your phone number. You've asked for it before. No. All right, guys. Anyway, congratulations, Crystal. Enjoy those cigars, but make sure you send me your information by Sunday at 1800 Central Time. That's 6 p.m. if you don't know military time. And when you get it, please send pictures. Yeah, take a picture, send it back. We'll post it on our social media so everybody can see the winner. And did you see the winner of uh, Leo the Great with his humidor? Yeah. <laughs> I still love that name, Leo the Great. <laughs> Leo the Great, man. He's all rock star. I love that name, man. <laughs> yeah, we posted several winners over the last couple mm -hmm. of weeks. Uh, the What was it? The Golden Coast mm -hmm. was the winner of the uh, Bovetta Humidor. And if, if we have them available, whenever we send out the yeah, prize, the I include chips. one of the poker chips with it. So everybody asked me how they get a poker chip. You can either be a Patreon or... Or you can be one of our lucky winners, and I include one of those if we have them available. Anyway, guys, coming up now, we got our bourbon 
pairing, your favorite bourbon pairing. So I'm going to let you go first. Now, when I say bourbon pairing, it's just not your favorite bourbon. Yeah, it's, it's your favorite cigar with it. Right. Yeah. The best combination that you know. Would be the Four Roses small batch that we had, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? Uh-huh. And I had an Oliva V series with it. Very nice. That was great. Yeah, was that the Maduro? Yes, that was can, great. You know, I've never had that pairing, but I that can see how great. that would be a nice mix. That was great. So my all-time favorite pairing uh-huh. is actually the Four Roses, <laughs> just the standard. Okay. Not small batch, not the single barrel, none of that. Mm-hmm. It's the actual Four Roses because they use all 10 recipes on the standard. Recipes? Recipes. <laughs> and so they, it has a very complex flavor profile mm-hmm. it's okay. like you don't narrow it down to like three or four flavors you narrow it down you don't narrow it down mm-hmm. it has a lot of flavors and the stick it best goes with is do you know no the medallia because it has so much complexity uh, yeah those, yeah yeah those yeah. two mixed together will send you on a roller coaster oh, yeah man. yeah it yeah. is fantastic so I, I can see that too if you can get your hands on the medallia yeah. and the standard four roses and i think the standard four roses is like 26 mm-hmm. bucks dude it is just a perfect match yeah i can see that it really I, is. I, I truly can see that yeah yeah and i mean and i've had lots of pairings i mean what do we have up on the shelf oh, we have the uh, russell reserve mm-hmm. the eh taylor the uh, Springbank Scotch, Evan Williams, the, Evan Williams, the uh, James Pepper, seventeen seventy six. Mm-hmm. We've got some uh, Jameson here, and then did you see what that little bottle is right up there? That's the, uh, the Irish Cream. Yeah, that Bailey's Irish yeah. Cream. I have to put some of that in my coffee in the morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tomorrow. Just, speaking just, of tomorrow, uh, you know, I'm you know, I've been sick. Yeah, I was sick the last week. You've and been then, sick your entire life, but this no, is physical. Well, not mentally. I this mean is physically, physical, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this week I've had some issues going on, but I think we've got them squared away. But that being said, you know what? I've made this weekend making an attempt to spend some more quality time with my wife. I see. And so we actually went hiking today. Yeah. And the cool thing is, while we were hiking, uh-uh. and people may not believe this, but I, I'm i not lying. I'm just straight up. I, I like that. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. But dude, you saw what? Dude, we saw two mountain lions. Yeah. Two. <laughs> not one, but two. And they weren't together. That this is That's what amazes me. Here in Texas, there's everything. You you see most of everything because there is a form uh, a form in uh what is that uh Zephyr that has zebras. Oh yeah. So now you talking about mountain lions? I was dude, like, oh, come on, farm, dude. There's a farm up between Childress and Vernon uh-huh. that has camels. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> My part of this conversation is over. Yeah, camels. And then I guess up in Lubbock they've got uh, a guy's got buffaloes. <laughs> I mean, if you're in Texas, you see everything, everything. But, you know, here's the thing, though. The mountain lions were not kept animals. These are just out roaming. And I got to say, they weren't huge. Uh But when I first saw it, I thought that was the biggest bobcat I had ever seen. (laughs) But then when I saw that long tail, I was like, holy crap, that's not a bobcat. (laughs) And so I was we went on the hike we were on. There was like this little 
area that there was some water that was standing, uh-huh. and that bobcat was getting a drink. The bobcat? No, sorry, bobcat. <laughs> I said bobcat. No, the mountain lion. Yeah. And I was like, because at that time, I thought it was a bobcat. Uh-huh. So I wanted to get a better look at it. And so I go down there, and the wind was blowing from his direction to mine, and it was blowing pretty good, so he really couldn't hear me. Uh-huh. And so I was walking down that way, and then he started walking off, and I saw that tail, and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I thought it was a really big bobcat, and it was a small Man, mountain I, I am just outdone with this. I can see Mufasa sitting there drinking. Dude. And looked at you and said, oh, okay, here goes the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, so, so listen to this, though. So then we start hiking back to uh-huh. where we came from, and- I mean, this was probably like five, ten minutes later. Uh-huh. Another mountain lion crosses the road. Nah, bro, and good. this one was about the same size. And the thing about it was where he came from is like right where we had walked ten minutes earlier. So where is this again? Kirby. I'm not going. I thought it was cool. I'm not going. I thought it was cool. You won't see me there. All right. Well, you know. Anyway, <laughs> nope. uh, so and I, well, back to I'm spending some extra time with my yeah. wife this weekend because, you know, uh, between me being sick for the last couple of weeks yeah. and then how much work I put in at work and then yeah. the cigar talk, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, spend that extra time with your tell wife because, you know, when you got a great wife, you need to say thank you. Yeah. So we went on a hike today, which we had a great. So anyway, tomorrow we're going to go see 1917. Okay. That movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah I've been yeah. dying to see that movie and my wife's been dying to see that movie. So. I hope it's really going to be good. If it's not, you still got the opportunity to spend time with your wife again. Right, right. And that's what you're looking, that's what you're trying to do. So that's the best, the best and the blessed part of it. Absolutely. All right, man. So let's talk a minute about the ambassador program for Macau. Yeah. So there's two things I want to say is one, I love the Facebook community that McAuliffe has built. You know, it's not. The Facebook community is not about the guys that work at McAllen. Nope. It's about the ambassadors. Yep. And they might take questions or ask polls or whatever to get your feedback, but it's really about the ambassador, Mm -hmm. and it's great how much they pay attention to their people. Yeah, and it shows because it's growing daily. Oh, big time. Daily. And then the second thing I want to say is I posted a photo of my cigar with my ambassador coin on Reddit. Are you on Reddit? No, sir. Okay. I haven't been on Reddit very long. I don't, it's like a forum, you know, it's not really, it's not like Instagram or Facebook. Okay. It's more like people write articles and stuff like that. Anyway, I posted this picture of my cigar and my coin. And sometimes people leave comments. Uh-huh. I got one comment. Okay. You know what it said? What was that? What's Bryant's number? LOL. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I leave it alone. that's not even the community I thought I was in. I was like, I can't catch a break no matter where no. I go. I went to a new forum, a new format, and I, and I you still there. get creamed by the what's Bryant's number. Yes. So anyway, uh, guys, if you would like to become an ambassador for McCallum, yeah. go by our webpage down below the show notes. It says become an ambassador. Hit the link. Click on the link. You go in. You sign up. It's free. They yes. send you your own challenge coin. <laughs> they send you a handwritten certificate, and you get to join the 
community on Facebook, which is a private group, and it's a great bunch of people. Great. All right. That's enough. That's enough. I am well done, man. Dude, I know. I was like, dude, I can't get away from that. I don't. I was like, I don't even know who this person is. But they know who you are. <laughs> they know who you are. And I am. And the numbers. So, anyway, guys, right, go Mike, by and do that. All right, Mike, be quiet. Yeah, I don't think it was Mike. <laughs> Because then he would have said what his his number number was. was, Yeah. (laughs) So anyway. All right, guys. uh, Let's talk a minute about the uh, mystery stick that Bryant's been smoking. How's it been? Hey, man, it's good. Like I said, it started off. It was woodsy. Mm -hmm. uh, Had some nut uh, nut notes to it. uh, Got spicy. And it was a light spice, a small spice. I got a hit of floral for a second. Then the next thing I know, it went back to being light spicy. But this is a good stick, man. The The construction is great throughout. I'm in the last third now. Uh, on my second stack of dimes, <laughs> and now I get to find and out. Now exactly you get to find what out what it is. I'm handing him the band. A Gurkha. You gave <laughs> Gurkha. Oh yes. Ah, oh, vanquish. You know yes, what's sir. funny is I've never smoked that. Ah oh, yes, yes. I really had. He handed me a Gurkha. <laughs> I had no. You know what's funny is that was, was a, gifted to me as well. Ah, well. I thank I thank you for the gift. So the person who gave me that, thank you for giving yes, Brian the cigar. Yes, that I love. <laughs> so yes, I've never smoked one. So how was it, man? It's I'm telling you, it's good. It's light, but it's it's not be better with the coffee. Yes, yes, it's perfect pairing. Would it be would be the Kenya AA? Really? Oh yes. That that's oh man, that's smoothness of the Ken, Kenya AA, and this, I, I I would love that. That'd be a perfect a perfect Saturday or Sunday morning for okay. me. Okay, yeah, a perfect Saturday or Sunday morning, because that Kenya would get me hyped, get me you know get me rejuvenated, ready, and this would just be that perfect mellow to keep it going. I like this, I really do. Nice. I'm just surprised it's a Gurkha. He gave, he handed me You're a Gurkha. So shocked, right? <laughs> yes. You had no idea what none. It was. None. You knew it was a quality stick yeah. just by the burn. Yes. Which I got to say, the way that looks after you've smoked it down to the third third, uh-huh. I'm impressed with the construction. Yes, all the I, way through. I, I had no idea how it was going to be. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get them hey, to try it. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. <laughs> What's that? I gave that to you blind testing because I knew you like Gurkhas. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound... How would I put this and not sound like a dick? Sound like Rob? <laughs> <laughs> when the person gave that to me, I got you. I was already like, yep, I'm giving that to Brian. <laughs> and let me see so what no he will say. Yeah. So, Jeremy, no offense, but yeah. big boy over here loves it. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, sir. Thank so, you. Anyway, hey, guys, that's going to wrap up this week's show. Next week, we have some very big news, but big we're going to save it right up until next week on the show. And anyway, coming up next is going to be the Patreon after show. Mm-hmm. We're going to definitely talk about what's going to happen with the 49ers yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm expecting yeah. a good game. He asked me today, he said, uh, you going to keep wearing that red hat? I oh. said, until February 3rd, this red San Fran hat and my San Fran Zippo will be with me Which every is day. interesting story because I saw him lighting a cigar with a Zippo and I was like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? And then I showed him. It's a jet. <laughs> yes. Zippo. He's got a jet, uh, Zippo jet line. Now, yeah. is that a actual Zippo? Yes. Wow. Yes, it is. I did not know they yes, made those. Here's my question, though. Mm-hmm. If they lose, uh-huh. are you still going to wear that hat? Every day. Because here's the thing. I asked you if you're superstitious, and you said yes. 
And so to me, if they lose, it's your fault. It's not my fault. It's just that Kansas City somehow showed up. Oh, they show up almost every somehow. week, dude. They show up. You know what? Here's, I, I have me. to be honest. No, about but you know what? We're going to talk about this in yeah, the after yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pocket it now. Okay. And let me just say before I go, Jay at the Leaf, mm. thank you. This home, I'm not even halfway done yet. Yeah, look at it. Dude, look it, at it. it's it's so yeah. freaking delicious. What's that dude's name that came by and did the show that gave me one of these before? Uh, I had one of these before, and it was one of Memory my loss. all-time favorite cigars. And then the guy vanished. I mean, like like Houdini. Yeah. That was, but I can see his face. But anyway, guys, hope you guys have a great week. Yes. We'll see you next time. Until then, keep smoking. Keep smoking.